0: Welcome to Retro Fanfic Retrospective, the podcast where we dredge up old fanfiction and expose it to the cold, harsh light of 2022. My name is Amato, ghost of fanfiction past, and with me are. Tori, ghost of fanfiction past,
1: and Della, the ghost of fanfiction
0: past. We're a little bit one note on this podcast, I'm afraid.
1: Yeah, we, maybe we can combine it with other po- podcasts. <laughs> There's gotta be some well, other that are like about the present, uh, uh, like the fanfiction scene, and the ones about like writing fanfiction. Mm, so that'd be. Present and future. Yeah, we I was wondering about other, fan
2: fiction future. Uh, yeah. Fan fiction. Oh, yeah, that's going to be a hard one to come by. But it's fan <laughs> fictions that are in the works are being planned.
1: Well, like writer's tips.
0: Oh, yeah.
2: Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay, we, we definitely need to get other ghosts on this <laughs> podcast.
0: I was thinking more about like the the scott mcleod comics like understanding comics Mm -hmm. books for like understanding comics is amazing and the third one making comics is amazing and in the middle he has reinventing comics where he's just kind of like musing about what the internet's gonna do for like comics as a
2: medium and he's just wrong and no one ever reads it no i know (laughs) Uh, sad because that yeah understanding comics is just so perfect like that representation chart of a uh, simplification where, like, the smiley face to the detailed face. Oh, yeah, it's good. I live for that.
0: Uh, making comics is also great. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true, too. And reinventing comics are at once and never again. But if we had to muse about future fan fiction, what do you think? Like, where's where's the future taking us here?
1: Uh, well, micro fiction. <laughs> mm. More micro fiction for you know, the on-the-go fan fi- uh, fan. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, so you know what bothers me about fan fiction. That's what everyone's here to listen to, right? Yes. On, yeah, yeah. On archive <laughs> of our own. People who have anthologies of short stories mm-hmm. under a single heading and therefore the tags for anything from any single one of those very short stories is in the tag for the whole thing. Mm-hmm. I can't stand it. <laughs> I'm like, no, I'm not even going to look for this part
2: that is apparently in here somewhere. Mm,
1: that's fair. Yeah.
2: No, that's that's actually legitimate. I think it can be really hard to navigate, like, especially AO3, like, trying to find something you want. I'm
0: just like, release it as its own work, 150 words mm-hmm. long, you
2: coward.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Come strong out of the gate. You
2: know? <laughs> I mean, you could always I, do both. I do love a massive crossover, though. It's just oh, well, it, no, that's a different know, thing. Massive right? crossovers are cool. Oh, I'm talking okay. about like
0: anthology short story, and, right? Uh, a, a, a work that is an anthology of short works of different fandoms or like with different themes. Mm, that's what
2: bothers me. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, <laughs> I was just thinking about the tags and how hard it is to find something. When you find like you know, you're like, oh my god, I finally found this really, you know, this thing no one writes about, and then it's got. 20 other works in it <laughs> well, and yeah. so you don't understand the fan fiction at all yeah you know, right. just like and then this one little piece is that character you like and you're like ah well that wasn't worth it
1: <laughs> didn't uh, charles dickens release a lot of anthology books
0: himself? um i don't know much about dickens honestly like tori you are our english
2: major <laughs> Ooh, yeah i know you're gonna put the no pressure the squeeze on me no I, i'm actually i i don't really know much about dickens either um mostly the same cultural knowledge that we all have it's not one of the he's not one of those writers that you really like study as an english major even though he is a good writer it, i think right. it's you know because his work is maybe a little more poppy and less yeah. literary well it's not it's not less literary sorry that's not true at all <laughs> but it was it's more just popular. It's more it, people already know it's in the kind of collective consciousness mm-hmm. yeah that yes. seems fair. <laughs> On the right, Like now. everyone kind of gets Oliver Twist, like, mm-hmm.
0: um, and then Christmas Carol, and that's probably about it, honestly, mm-hmm. in terms of like what people are familiar with. Basically, anything that was adapted into a children's movie um, in the 80s and 90s, meaning Oliver and Company and Muffet Christmas Carol <laughs> and various and other somebody. things. <laughs> oh, my favorite.
2: We watched that the other day. That's, I forgot the, about that whole thing. The music is by Billy Joel. Mm hmm. And. Doesn't he play the dog? He at least plays the dog when the dog is singing. It's just so good. I it's,
1: think he is a dog. He's, it's pretty
2: weird watching those
0: movies where it was like Disney being like, yeah, we're doing animated movies again, but it's not the Disney Renaissance quite yet. Mm-hmm. It's Oliver and company. It's like the great mouse detective. And you're like, I don't know if these are bad, but they're they're not as good as they could be.
1: I like great Mouse Detective.
0: <laughs> I do too. Vincent Price, come on. Oh, no. I mean, that's one of the best things about great Mouse Detective well, for sure.
2: I went back to Oliver and Company because that was one of my favorite VHSs as a kid. I mean, DVDs. I'm not that old. Um, <laughs> uh,
0: JK, I am. But, well, you're uh, like two years younger than me. I would have thought that was young enough that you never encountered a VHS, frankly.
2: No, VHS, no. No, I'm joking. I was like, wait a second. Um, but no, I used to be obsessed with Oliver and Company, but it fell off my radar. I rewatched it the other day and I was like, it's actually a really good movie. It's just not one of the popular ones for a reason. That's
1: the period of Disney movies that I like forget exist. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah.
2: Yeah. All right. So here's our
0: episode on Oliver and Company. Um,
2: so, uh, well, this is going to be an episode that's like a little, um, roundabout anyway. Yeah, we... We're not discussing a specific fan fiction. What are we talking about? Well, I'm we honest. kind
0: we kind of are-ish. So yeah. the deal is we started thinking about Christmas Carol because it came up during our Batman episode, Batman Beyond episode. Mm-hmm. And we were thinking about all of these various adaptations of Christmas Carol, including... Many, many that take other characters and put them into a Christmas Carol. You got, obviously, you got Muppet Christmas Carol, which is the king. But you've got, like, the one with Uncle Scrooge. Is, yeah, it, is, yeah. is it Mickey's Christmas Carol, mm-hmm. even though he's not Scrooge? You got Mr. Magoo's Christmas Carol. Um, you got, I don't know.
1: Well, they they always make the main character, um, what's the guy's name? Cratchit? Cratchit? Bob, Bob Cratchit. Cratchit. Yeah, yeah. They usually put him in that role.
0: Bob Kermit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so Mister Magoo's Christmas Carol, starring Mister Magoo as Bob Cratchit. Uh, no, he he's Scrooge in that one.
1: Okay, <laughs> I mean, if you have an old man character, that's you know that's Scrooge.
0: That's right, and if you have a character named Scrooge, that's Scrooge. Well, yeah, if you have a character named Scrooge after Scrooge, that's Scrooge. If
1: you have an old man character named Scrooge, <laughs> that's a kind of a racist Scottish stereotype. And here's the thing: I don't think that's racism, but <laughs> well, there's a whole thing about about them being thrifty.
2: Oh yeah, but no, it's it's not racism. It's some, something else. Uh, never mind. It's
1: something. Okay. Yeah.
2: Something is It is. It's a, stereo- <laughs> it's a stereotype. It's a yeah. stereotype. Okay.
0: So the thing is, I don't know that I could successfully argue that something like Muppet Christmas Carol is fan fiction, but I don't think I can argue that it's not based on the <laughs> precedents that I've set in other discussions of fan fiction, mm-hmm. where, for example, you know, I. Uh, we we did the fanfic that was the Wind Waker novelization, which is literally just taking something from one medium and rewriting it in another medium.
2: Okay, but the main thing is that this is like published and making money off of it. it's licensed, right? Yeah, but that but... doesn't stop me because, for I example, and right. lonesome October oh, was published. You're right. Th- things like Anno Dracula, which is like this really cool
0: like uh... Dracula sequel with like that also crosses over things like. Barney the vampire and uh, what's her name Camilla and like you know Sherlock Holmes shows up because of course he does. Uh, He doesn't actually show up, but he's in the background. Anyway, that's fan fiction. Too late. Oh, way too late. He actually he's been (laughs) Dracula put him in like some kind of you know internment camp. He's like in Mm. prison, so he can't. Mm. Because Dracula rules England at that point. Anyway, anyway, the point is that's fan fiction in my mind, even though they wrote it to sell. Mm -hmm. And so I guess Muppet Christmas Carol is too. And I remember at like the end of our discussion when we were talking last time, Tori, you said, well, okay, but doesn't doesn't fan fiction have to have like this element of anti-capitalism? And I decided, well, the public domain is (laughs) anti-capitalist. And one of our big problems right now with intellectual property is that it's been weakened so much when the original intent was like, look, yeah, you can make money off of an intellectual work, but then everybody should get it after like a little while once you've had a chance to make some money off of it then the capitalism is done and then it's just like culture.
1: Speaking of that and Disney. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Disney put the 20 year freeze on all existing um, uh, intellectual Mm -hmm. uh, property things, which meant that the last Sherlock Holmes uh, chapter to be public domain was supposed to be 2003. is actually going to be public domain uh, January 2023 coming up. Okay, great. So that's going to be the the last Sherlock Holmes finally entering uh, public domain. And, oh, and I'm just counting down the
0: days until the early versions of Mickey are public domain. Yeah. I know you still can't like slap him on things because he's a trademark or whatever, but yeah. you can write your published Mickey Mouse fan fiction and sell it to a bookseller and yeah, do it.
1: But because of the Mickey Mouse Protection Act, it was 20 years later than it should have been. I know.
0: <laughs> D- Disney. Mm-hmm. hate it. God. Anyway, what wasn't it like, it was like five years, like public domain was like so short back in the day when it was first introduced. Anyway, so the point is, um, something like Muppet Christmas Carol, I consider in, like, uh, a liminal space where, like, intellectually, I think I probably have to argue that it's fan fiction, but it does not pass the pornography check of, like,
2: I know it when I see it. Well, yeah, but that's not a good check, obviously. Uh, okay, well, you know. Uh, well, I mean, you know, obviously, the, the sorry, the basis for that check is not great. <laughs> but also, like, it it's not, there's got to be ways that we can ignore. We know what fanfiction is. There just have to be. It's just maybe we're not good at figuring them out yet. I mean,
1: speak for yourself, Amada. I, after doing this the full fanfiction pro- project and coming back to that movie, with that in mind, it did reek of fanfiction mm. to me. Mm. Okay,
0: well let's get let's get into it then. Yeah. Except before that, we should probably talk about her background with. Charles Dickens' Christmas Carol and or the Muppets? Uh, I can think of just growing up American. Yeah, like we all grew up American. We're all familiar with Christmas Carol and we love the Muppets because that's our heritage.
2: Okay. I think the real question is, what was the first adaptation of Christmas Carol you ever experienced? Like, not even adaptation. Did you... Did your parents read the book to you first? No. No, No. I highly doubt that, right? (laughs) TV adaptations. Absolutely. So what was the first one you all saw, do you recall? It was either Mickey Mouse or Mr. Magoo. Mm -hmm.
1: Um, The first one I remember watching is uh, Muppet Christmas Carol, but it's probably some other cartoon I just didn't remember. It wasn't as good.
2: Mm -hmm. I'm thinking for me it was probably the, yeah, the uh, Mickey Mouse, Grinch McDuck one, but it could have been the Muppets. It's a toss up. (laughs) It really is. Yeah. Okay. So our
0: story for today is The Muppet Christmas Carol, a 1992 theatrically released American Christmas musical comedy. Mm -hmm. Actually, I was reading off of the Wikipedia article here. And actually, I love this description. A 1992 American Christmas musical comedy drama film. And yes, I suppose that's correct. Yeah. And it does get dramatic. It does. Yeah. I mean, one of the things it is, about yeah. it, is, well, we'll get to it in a moment. Um, and it was directed by Brian Henson, but this is not auteur theory. Like, it's a whole mm-hmm. mess of people who are into it. Mm-hmm. However, speaking of auteurs, it is also very significant as the first Muppet movie after Jim Henson's death. Right. Mm. Um,
2: I didn't realize that. Yeah.
0: And so that's sad. I, I think they, like, mention, like, like dedicated to him. In yeah, the, in the intro. Yeah, in the intro.
2: So, so this was mostly Brian, his brother. Right? Well, the whole the
0: whole studio, like the whole Muppet Studio, was intact except Jim Henson, right? Yeah. So yeah, like there was a no. lot of expertise, and I'm sure a lot of hands in this pot, in this yeah. pie, puppet, in this puppet. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of hands in that one <laughs> puppet right there. Uh, not to mention just you know normal filming stuff, and you know oh, no, like- his son. Son. Yeah. Yes. And Della, I, I'd like to hear your thoughts to begin with about what about this movie feels super fan fictiony to you?
1: Okay, I mean the like the self insert characters that are the narrators that interact with the story uh-huh. and comment on it, like MST3K style. Oh
2: yeah. <laughs> okay, that that's fair, but that's also just like a very Muppets thing in general. I mean, not that that takes I away think, from it being fan. Yeah, but like, don't get me wrong. Um, if you compare it to other.
1: Similar things the Muppets did, like uh, Muppet Treasure Island. Mm-hmm. There wasn't an omniscient narrator character that talked about what was going on. Like, they just had the
0: characters acted out themselves. That's true. This is like the, really the only time with a Muppet movie that they had that dialogue between the mouthpieces of the creators about the story, yeah, as right. opposed to just casting their characters in the story. Yeah,
1: they didn't start off the Treasure Island, like, this is a book. <laughs> here's the author. <laughs> here's, how, here's how the book goes.
0: Yeah, you're, you're right, Della. Hmm. That that very, very forefronted consciousness of like, this is a work by somebody else and we're putting our own spin on it.
1: Yeah. And, and, I, and I'm playing Charles Dickens, the author. Th- right. They're, <laughs> right. They're,
0: they're not even trying to like understate it. It's like this story by Charles Dickens all writes, you know, I don't know, whatever fan fiction people say, like... <laughs> Um, please don't sue. Uh,
1: original characters copyright me. Original characters copyright me.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, I, I think it would have been post-Muppet Christmas Carol, but it makes me think of like, I read fan fictions like this back in the day. Mm-hmm. There was there was a Ranma one called The Replacement Ranmas, which was also a parody of Ranma, recasting the characters with characters from other anime. <laughs> and people would complain about the parts they were given or their roles in the story or like that kind of thing. But they were also just kind of walking through the beginning of Ranma half. Yeah. Like... Very playful, right? That's why, for me, this immediately smelled of fan fiction. and Definitely, you can feel the fan energy from this one specifically, I think. I guess, yeah, when you say that, it also makes me think this, you can tell this movie was made by people who really liked Christmas Carol, too. Yeah. And I think part of that, the well, what gave me a response when you said it feels very fan fictiony y is that... It's such a faithful adaptation, down to using mm-hmm. a whole lot of the text directly. Yeah, but it, but I feel like they get to do that at the same time by forefronting the fact that they are adapting a book. Yeah, like that lets them do both of those things.
1: Exactly. Yeah.
2: It's yeah. Very no, it, interesting. That's actually a really good point. Yeah, that they cared a lot about the the original text. But something that occurred to me is this is the adaptation we basically grew up with, right? Now, what did the people who made this grow up with? They didn't grow up with the Disney, or no. they didn't grow up with the version they made. Obviously, so did they grow up with the book? Uh, clearly they're a fan. Or the story? No, there's, there's um, been adaptations. Uh, there's been adaptations as long adaptations. as there's been films. There's yeah. always been films. That's true. I'm just wondering. Yeah, what it was. I mean, clearly they were fans of the text itself, or at the very least, they really wanted to draw the text itself. Yeah. If they weren't a fan of the text itself, they certainly became one in preparing this movie. If not every person involved was a fan, at least the writers were. Absolutely, yeah. (laughs) I mean, they, they really wanted to include those important bits of text. And some of the details that really don't get included in a lot of versions, actually, that I can think of, you know, they were really... One of the things that stands out to me is um, the ghost of Christmas past is supposed to look old and young at the same time. And they created a whole puppet that was sort of trying to that embody that.
1: Freaks the shit out of
0: me. Do this oh thing? yeah.
2: No, we could talk about how actually scary this movie is too. Oh yeah. But um, <laughs> they, they,
0: didn't they film that, that puppet in water to make it like, look like it's. Yeah. Floating. Ethereal. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Like their hair is just flying out. It's, it's amazing, honestly, what they did for for this film.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, citing Wikipedia, the adaptations of A Christmas Carol <laughs> article,
2: mm-hmm. it was
1: the first thing it has listed here is public reading, which was uh, given in uh 1853. Yeah, so the, the tradition of adapting this has been going on since it's popular 1843. Uh, since ten years, it's been out for ten years.
0: That's yeah, it's interesting that um, when when a story gets that into the public consciousness, it feels almost like we're reaching the the like folklore oral tradition level.
1: The first play was produced February fifth,
0: eighteen forty four. Dang, that was just. Mm. Wait, how many years after was that? It was published a couple.
1: That was months after.
0: Months after. Oh, geez.
1: It is popular. Eighteen forty three novella, and this was eighteen forty four.
2: Mm. Yeah there's also an episode of doctor who where they beat charles <laughs> dickens and it like sort of parodies christmas carol that just occurred to me
1: and uh film wise it's been going on since
0: 1901
2: yeah that sounds right 1901 that 1901.
0: is it's like one of the first things people filmed <laughs>
2: yeah i was gonna say that's like Georges sort- like that's before like that's like the earliest you know what what the an actual narrative film produced in 1901. Yeah, live-action
1: film Scrooge or Marley's Ghost, 1901. A short British film that is the earliest surviving screen adaptation.
0: And so I guess it wasn't the whole story. It was just, like, the uh, Scrooge
2: and Marley scene.
1: I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that's literally all I know. <laughs> or it was misnamed.
2: Yeah, that's that's just so early in film. Like, you wouldn't have a... I don't know, actually. I'm not a, a, not an expert here, but... Anyway, yes, this has been adapted so many times. So there was exposure um, and we were going somewhere with that. But clearly, yes, they were fans of the text. Well, we were wondering what what movies they might have grown up with. Right. Right. I know. There's
1: Scrooge, 1951, uh, Alistair Sim, Scrooge, Michael Holden, Scrooge.
0: Yeah, but because we don't know anything about any of those, it doesn't really tell us much. Scrooge,
1: 1970, a musical film adaptation. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, Scrooged 1988 uh, Bill Murray comedy. Oh yeah there was
2: Scrooged. Y'all saw that right? No. Oh okay that's it's not I mean it's it's not really Christmas Carol it's like Bill Murray's like a top executive guy who's a Scrooge like character and he gets taken on a wild ride. I don't really remember it very well. It's actually kind of a weird movie. Um,
1: Yeah just an honorable mention this year they released a movie called spirited as a it's a modern musical comedy <laughs> of of uh of christmas carol with Will will Ferrell and ryan, ryan reynolds
0: mm-hmm. and, and and muppets right well
1: no musical theater <laughs> so so muppets i mean w- without the felt <laughs> <laughs> and it was surprisingly good and if we talk about like fan fiction quality of it i'm gonna spoil the movie mm-hmm. you know heads up um like they, they have the ghosts have this operation they do every year where they pick somebody to like save and they like run it as like a stage production or like a show production where they have costumes and sets and they plan it for a year. And Will Ferrell is Ghost of Christmas Present. We found out halfway through the movie that he is himself Scrooge.
0: You know, it sounds like um. what you're describing. It's like Christmas Carol slash Nightmare Before Christmas. And that actually sounds kind of great.
1: Well, I'd, I'd like to see it as a Christmas Carol post-series uh, continuation.
0: <laughs> right. right, Yeah, it's Christmas Carol sequel. That's Christmas Carol fan fiction all over. Yeah. Yeah. Like oh. e- even more strongly than this. We should have done that one. Huh. Let's end this episode. Let's restart. But, uh, Ready? Amato, this is new. <laughs> oh, you're right. Never mind. As a
1: recording, it's a, a couple months old. So
0: Meet you all back here in 15 years.
1: <laughs> right. I mean we were fan fiction on future anyway. there yeah. you go
0: that's our ghost of fan fiction future
1: movies I released two months ago
0: oh wait no that's fan fiction present uh, retro fanfic retrospective future
1: I hate that it sounds plausible
2: <laughs> yeah it's like Steven Universe future which right. like when you watch Steven Universe future you're like but this is the present
1: yeah. right That <laughs> sounds like a genre retro
0: future retro <laughs>
2: More of an aesthetic, I think. Well, yeah, Probably, yeah. You know? Retro future is
0: definitely aesthetic. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. But the the extra, out of, yeah. <laughs>
0: okay, okay. What what are we talking okay. about? Well, in theory, Muppet Christmas Carol. But the thing is, um, everyone already knows the story of Christmas Carol, mm-hmm. and we all love the movie. So I'm not even sure what we're going to talk about. <laughs> but I I guess, yeah, I, I guess the way they approached it, mm-hmm. um, as we may have noted, it's a very very faithful adaptation, and that means that. I can't think of a whole lot of jokes in this movie because it's, it's a comedy. Mm-hmm. I can't think of a whole lot of jokes that are made about the material of A Christmas Carol.
1: There's some jokes where they like talk about how it gets really dark and they're like, is this for kids? And they're like, right, it's culture.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, I mean, there's a couple, but a lot of it is just kind of like peripheral to the main thing, like all of the main heartfelt you know, the the main emotional core, the main plot core is all completely intact and not like, not messed with in the slightest. It's sincere. It is still, it's sincere is a great word. Mm -hmm. It is still very sad that like, you know, that Tiny Tim is, you know, very ill. And it's still, there's still like actual rage on the part of like his mother about the situation. And there's still like heartfelt, you know, remorse on Scrooge's part, it's
2: all, like, very straight in that sense. Yes, but, and it's still freaking terrifying when the ghost of Christmas Future yeah, shows absolutely. up. Yeah. <laughs> and he, like, literally laments his lost love when right. he goes to the past. Like, it's all, and he's, you know, the actor, who plays Scrooge in this? Michael Caine. Michael Caine. Michael Caine. He's, <laughs> he's so freaking powerful, mm-hmm. you know, he's like, spirit, please. Like, he's begging. I'm, I was gonna do it more exaggerated, but like, he's just like... No,
1: weird. I just saw the hands. They were very good. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> I just didn't want to get too loud on the mic. But no, he's... There's a strong power here that I think, you know, especially watching this as a small child, it's like really impacting. Hmm.
0: So I feel like the uh, the Muppets then serve as kind of audience uh, identification, like draw in, like you can relate more to Kermit than you can to, like, some adult who has a desk job right. that is not Kermit mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. Um, it,
1: if we're talking about, like, the adaptationness of it, like, they do a lot faithfully, but they, they're not bound by it so much that they can't um, innovate when they need to. For example, like two Marleys. Right.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. So I sorry. S- just a side note there.
0: It's all side notes.
2: For the longest <laughs> time growing up, I got confused by other adaptations of Christmas Carol because I was like, wait, Jacob Marley. Isn't it Jacob and Marley or Marley and Marley? I forget what Jacob they Jacob and Robert. Yeah, I don't even know. I, I just got confused why there was one instead of two because I literally had based it on Muppet Christmas Carol. Me, me yeah. too. No, yeah. totally. I yeah. Well, I
1: think of it as I still think of it as Marley and Marley. Well, th- that's <laughs> Marley
2: and Marley.
0: It's, that's a good song. But also, that's because they're so they sound so authoritative about the text of this of you know mm. Christmas Carol. But mm. then when when Gonzo as Charles Dickens is like the Marleys were dead to begin with. That's how the story starts. You're like, okay, that's how the story starts. I trust you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I trust you, Gonzo. That's
1: a good point. <laughs> they
0: abuse our trust. <laughs> they did.
2: Like, people, I don't know, 10 years older or 10 years younger than us are going to be like, what are you talking about? How could you ever think there were two Jacob Marley's? But that was our culture, y'all. And, and also
1: little things like that they, they do to, like, um make the casting flexible. Mm-hmm. Like, they put Fozzie... Fuzzy Bear's mom in there, right? Like Mrs.
0: Fuzzywig, because they right. just wanted another character there. And then
1: yeah. I guess they don't want to give Fuzzy a
0: wife. <laughs> yeah, I mean that makes sense. Does it? Well, I don't know. Sure, <laughs> because I uh, to the extent that re- you can reuse Muppets that you have and the yeah. relationships between them, that's oh. what you do. just oh. reused, uh, right? F-
1: uh, f- Fozzie Muppet, probably, or that, or that type, because it was basically like the same Muppet, but different dress. Well,
0: no, I was also going to say um, Fozzie's mom is an established character. Okay. You, okay. You, you two have seen Muppet Family Christmas, right? Yeah. Which is the Sesame Street Muppets Fraggle Rock crossover Christmas special. Oh, no. Oh, it's so good.
1: I've heard I've heard about that. Though. You should okay.
0: also watch that. But Fozzie's mom is very important in that, the previous Muppets Christmas special.
1: Okay. So, so then it's a callback. Right. I mean, yeah.
0: <laughs> she's a full on character in that one. Anyway, <laughs> yeah,
2: <laughs> I haven't seen that in forever. So okay, everyone, stop. A, I was having a flashback. <laughs>
0: Go watch Muppet Family Christmas and A Muppet Christmas Carol. All right, we're good. Let's keep okay. going. Um. Okay, so I guess what what else do I want to think about in Muppet Christmas Carolness? So yeah, a lot of the humor happens peripherally, and it's more like Muppet humor than like humor than Christmas Carol humor. I feel like. Um.
2: um
1: I think there's some in there.
2: There's, there's probably wait, some. Wait, wait, wait. What would you classify as Christmas Carol humor? Yeah. Anything. <laughs> That's a great question. Anything about the content of what is
0: happening in the story of a Christmas Carol, as opposed to about the characters that are playing the roles in a Christmas Carol. So, well, for example, they have,
1: they have like jokes where, like, um, they're waiting outside Scrooge's business and it's cold and they run inside and they talk about how Scrooge doesn't have enough coal to heat. And and the Rizzo's like, I think it's colder in here than it is outside. Oh, Okay. Yeah,
0: they, they, I, I would call that. Christmas Carol humor. Yeah,
1: I was thinking so there's, more think like there's a lot of stuff that's peppered in, but I don't think you r- remember that as much. maybe
0: I don't remember it as much. I'm thinking yeah. more like jokes with like the rats trying to close up and it's physical gag humor or jokes about like Sam the Eagle talking about the American way and having to be corrected. Well, actually, maybe <laughs> oh. maybe, maybe, maybe that's Christmas Carol, too. Yeah, that's the content. True. OK, I, I don't give it enough credit. They do interact. <laughs> they do interact. They find some humor in the Christmas Carol content as well. Mm-hmm. Not to mention with, you know, great songs like like the first Scrooge song and that kind of thing. hmm.
2: True, true, yeah, I, I guess so. I, 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 it all has a very Muppets flavor, though. I think that's the thing. Is like this is like a Muppets. Anytime Muppets do something, it's a Muppets lens on something. Yeah, mm-hmm. and a lot of the humor
1: um, is the intersection between the Muppetsness and the Christmas Carol right. serious nature of it. It that, kind that's... of goes
2: unspoken because the juxtaposition is yeah. the humor, and, and,
1: and, including like the the, like the Sam Eagle joke, where the joke is this is this Muppet character inside this classic British literature that they have to adapt to their catchphrase
2: through. <laughs> yeah, and even uh, the Marley and Marley thing, it was like clearly we cast these characters because they're always a set. Yeah, and right. we we had to pick them together. You couldn't just pick one.
0: And if anyone's going to be yeah. an old white asshole, it's going to be them.
2: Exactly. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, they they perfected it. <laughs>
0: Very <laughs> joyous. Uh,
1: oh, go! Oh. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> I still remember like the little the side talking about the Christmas speech. Like that was it. It's brief. It's nothing. It was short. We loved it. <laughs> 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 oh, go! Ho, ho.
0: Okay, moving on. <laughs> All right. Um, let's see. What's our opinion about the music in A Christmas Carol? Yeah. Yeah, it exists?
1: <laughs> no, uh, yes, it's good. <laughs>
0: yeah, I think <laughs> it's pretty solid. Um, any, any opinions about When Love is Gone? That's the one that was not in the theatrical cut and was added back into one of the home video releases. Because oh. they test audiences thought it killed the momentum. What? Um, that's, it's like the love song between Scrooge and his like his love yeah. in the past. That wasn't in the theatrical release. Oh, because it kind of just slows everything down for a bit. And it's like earnest and not funny and romantic. And yeah,
1: it's a it's a mom- momentum killer, but it's nice. Fair enough.
2: I actually <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know if I maybe it is a momentum killer, but I, <laughs> I, I think it's I close, don't know. It yeah. adds to the poignancy. Yeah, yeah, I actually thought it was a nice. Uh, it was a nice character building moment. I I actually never thought of I don't know. I never thought of it as uh you you need moments of slowness you yeah, can't just yeah. be you know driving this train high on cocaine it's, all the it, time it, <laughs> it's,
1: uh, literature is supposed to be a little bit of a
2: downer <laughs> well and and good plot pacing requires an and up and a down yeah it stakes you know mm-hmm. like it, something interesting
1: about this one is like you do end up feeling sympathy for scrooge mm-hmm. oh yeah by the end of it
0: well we haven't mentioned michael Caine yet but that's part of the secret sauce here right it's yeah. just that He's just delivering this, like, you know, quality Shakespearean stage performance of Scrooge surrounded by Muppets. Mm -hmm. But the fact that he's surrounded by Muppets is so irrelevant to his performance. (laughs) Like, it's just a good Scrooge, which really helps anchor the movie.
1: Yeah. I I heard some people, not some people, uh, cast adventuring party if you're on College Humor or whatever, but they Mm -hmm. talk about how it's their dream to be an actor so good to be the one human actor in the middle of Muppets.
0: (laughs) Well, look. Can I get on mm-hmm. another aside here? Yeah. I think it's so wasted that Disney, whoever, like the media conglomerate that, you know, includes Disney or whatever. Mm-hmm. Disney owns Muppet characters and Star Wars and Marvel. And there's not a cameo of a Muppet character just cast in a Marvel movie. Oh, like, I just want that to happen. Like. Do, do a hmm. Guardians of the Galaxy movie cast like, just, just as a cameo in a scene. Just a Muppet. Just like have a Muppet. You, and you know what? Guardians of the Galaxy is me being kind. I just want yeah. a human in like a scene to like just be cast. Like, I just want Kermit to play it. Yeah. I just want like Miss Piggy to like have a role. Because you know, sometimes you can get these interviews with the Muppets as actors. Mm-hmm. And I always mm. feel so sorry from the so typecast in their own like little movies. It's yeah. like Look, Gonzo can play a role in another movie. Let him. That's my soapbox.
1: Well, to go off that, if they are part of this huge uh, umbrella media uh, monopoly, Mm -hmm. why not like Muppets Endgame? (laughs) Look, Why not redo these properties with
0: Muppets? It is only a matter of time until we get some kind of Marvel Muppet movie or Star Wars Muppet movie one of those is gonna happen.
1: I you say that, you know, hopefully, but Muppets have been really struggling recently.
0: Mm. Well, I mean Disney's doing things like with them like uh advertising our ride at Disneyland. That's the most recent Muppet material great. Um not quite the same caliber.
2: Yeah. I I have like, two thoughts related to that. The first is, did y'all see the Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas yes, special? Yes, no.
1: yes, you, gotta, you, gotta, see you okay. gotta see it. You gotta see it. Kevin Bacon. <laughs> Kevin Bacon. But,
2: but
0: no Muppets, you're saying?
2: No. Uh, okay. They're basically but, Muppets. <laughs> yeah, like, it has a very Muppety sort of flavor to it, you know? um,
0: Yeah, great soundtrack,
2: too. Yeah, Yeah. And Kevin Bacon. <laughs> We're now all one degree from Kevin Bacon. Anyway, um... <laughs> What? Because we mentioned Kevin Bacon? Yeah, exactly. Uh, that's uh, how that works. No, no. Because we saw him in a movie once, right? Uh, no, it's like
1: a plague, plague thing. You have to like, be in contact with somebody who's been in contact.
2: <laughs> Ugh, the plague of Kevin Bacon.
1: That's just how I think of it. But you know, yeah. I, I don't think great about people in general. How many times
2: <laughs> do you have to watch Footloose before you're one degree from Kevin Bacon?
0: Well, that's what we call it—going like, airborne, and then <laughs> you know. It becomes a Kevin Bacon pandemic. Right. <laughs> Always funny. A possibility. Uh, anyway,
2: <laughs> second thought. Muppets... Have you touched a surface that Kevin Bacon has touched? <laughs> Probably, right? Or at least like a surface that someone has touched that someone Kevin Bacon has touched. Has touched. Never mind. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> <Wait>. Sorry, Tori. <laughs> no, no, that, that was all me. Um, <laughs> Muppets as serious actors. Mm-hmm. That's something I want to talk about because here's the thing. We're talking about a piece of media where it is taken quite seriously, like yes, okay, inherent in Muppets is humor
3: mm-hmm.
2: but in in this and there's there's also drama. there's also pathos. there has to be in anything. So how do we take the Muppets as they're always breaking the fourth wall? Mm-hmm like do we take them seriously in their role do we take them seriously as actors, we're talking about,
1: characters we're talking about muppets as a group not every muppet is breaking the fourth wall because like right. if you think mm-hmm. about kermit's <laughs> performance and yeah i'm happy with that phrase if you think about kermit's performance right? and, like christmas carol like, it is earnest it is it doesn't break the fourth wall mm-hmm. and think about uh, kermit's performance in uh muppet treasure island that's also a very yeah. earnest true he, he gives performance.
0: he gives straight performances so i can't think of a single time that i've taken gonzo's emotional performance seriously not even in like the original muppet movie where are like ah, he gets to join in on like the cool song well, whatever
1: what about that uh the the gonzo movie where they talk about him being alien? E- even
0: less no terrible <laughs> but but yeah in muppet christmas carol uh kermit and piggy's performances they like they're playing it as straight as they ever would. Mm -hmm. And like, I get the pain even from Miss Piggy who usually doesn't get like kind of straight emotional performances.
2: It's just so, so the reason I brought it up is it's just so interesting because we're, we're talking about characters playing characters.
1: Yeah. But I think it's, well, I can't think of it like animation kind of. You're bringing a non-human thing to life to perform as an actor.
0: Right good point yeah and i mean we are talking about actors playing actors where like someone who plays kermit has to play kermit in establishment with like the way the character of kermit has been established but then they have to have kermit play another role
1: i I just watched a clip of jim henson on like a a late night show with with kermit and and they would talk back and forth (laughs) they'd be talking to kermit and jim henson and yeah, Jim Henson would be answering questions about how the puppet was made, and Kermit's just looking worried and concerned <laughs>
2: <laughs> with that face. That it just—it just has to yeah, be you, like you, know, the, you just the, scrunch the, your hand scrunch down, your hand, but it's so—but it's so perfect. Good. Yeah, I. Those uh, puppeteers are amazing. Yeah.
0: By the way, apropos of nothing, another huge tangent. <laughs> I used to do. Um, I used to do ushering at portland center stage Mm -hmm. for many years up until the pandemic right and year after year for quite a while they did this like comedy adaptation of a christmas carol and it was like it was fine wasn't (sighs) great they tried some improv stuff it it was okay but it was cheap for them to produce and like it drew in the crowds and it like financed their other performances so they kept doing it and so i saw it like four times (laughs) um one of the few jokes that did work for me is like because we're talking about the cratchits There's the scene where like they come back and at one point, Mrs. Cratchit kind of wishes ill on Scrooge and Bob Cratchit is like, oh, no, like, you know, we need to be grateful to Mr. Scrooge. Like he's the one who pays like his money pays for the food on our table because he's a a shameless sycophant capitalist, uh, Bob Cratchit, that is. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, one of the jokes that I liked in that version was that when Mrs. Cratchit does that thing. She's, and she's like, oh, no one would miss Scrooge. Like, I wish he was he was dead or whatever. Mm-hmm. And Mr. Kratz is like, no, no, we shouldn't do that. She's like, no, no, seriously, hear me out. And then she goes into this like long <laughs> oh, thing about, about like how they could murder Scrooge. <laughs> and she's just like going on and on. And like, meanwhile, the ghost of Scrooge, who's like, you know, there with the ghost of Christmas <laughs> present is like looking really alarmed <laughs> and like keeps casting glances back and forth. It, it's really good. <laughs> but like she, she goes in this whole like poisoning scheme and how they can pin the blame on like someone else. I don't know. <laughs> That's
2: hilarious. Oh, my God. <laughs> that's what you that's one of those standout lines, right, where you you develop empathy for Bob Cratchit because his wife's like, I wish he was dead. And he's like, you should never say that. But that's usually how it ends. Right. Like, Right. I love it. Anyway, now you don't have to see it. That was the best part. Um, I mean, yeah. I kind of do want to see an action uh, so
0: yeah, I, I think what we're coming back to is that the Muppets have a few characters who are able to play serious roles, and they have a whole lot of characters who they never try to play serious roles, and probably couldn't. And I think different Muppets have different roles. To yeah,
2: fair. I think Gonzo really does go back and forth. I
1: was just thinking about that. Is Gonzo a serious character? Because he does seriously play Charles Dickens at some points in the movie.
0: Yes. Right. But it's not like a performance where you're invested in the arc of Charles okay, Dickens. Okay. Or what's going to happen to Charles Dickens. I know I know, he's playing it straight in this movie more so than he ever usually does. I can't
1: worry about what happens to Charles Dickens in this.
2: <laughs> so so here's my very abstracted and not totally related to this specifically thoughts on Gonzo. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Gonzo is a self-proclaimed weirdo. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Like he just doesn't fit in. He's spontaneous. Yes, he's funny, but he's also just kind of bizarre and awkward. And so growing up, I think <laughs> as a lot of us, you know, mm-hmm. weirdos, autism spectrum kids, whatever, <laughs> related a lot to Gonzo. I related the most to Gonzo. So absolutely... I actually take him very yeah. seriously yeah. Okay. in a way. Like, just, just as a character. Yes, he jokes a lot, but it's not like... I don't know. It's not like there's not some seriousness there to no, the No, you're right. I'm not sure how that relates to and this. The, and like but... half
1: seriously, like Gonzo is kind of a queer icon. He's he's absolutely yeah, the queerest yeah. Muppet. Like yeah, and and you're probably it's weirdo, right. Yeah, right. That's and, uh, just the thing. I,
0: I I feel like are there like actual points okay. where like they where there's going to be a joke about like men and women and someone looks at Gonzo and it's just like whatever. Like doesn't <laughs> doesn't that actually happen at some point? Well, I don't know. It I think, might. I mean, have, I think they talk about species, yeah. but oh, species. They definitely
1: have that. Well, you know, they misconstrue that a lot, but like. Yeah, they definitely have that feeling. Yeah, and uh, whatever. And, 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 <laughs> whatever. and it, you're, yeah.
0: you're right, Della. He can be a serious character. I was blowing off Muppets in Space because I don't like Muppets in Space, mm-hmm. but it's not like they didn't try to give Gonzo a yeah. headlining emotional role, and in a way that they, they probably would not do with, say dr bunsen
1: yeah i i think you might yes. have issues with that script but how's Gonzo's performance in that
0: okay yeah i you know what i it's been a long <laughs> has, time i saw it got, his performance was probably fine he's
2: yeah. got a whole song about like longing to belong and like looking up at the stars yeah, and it's yeah. actually really poignant it's just like yeah sure uh maybe the roles he plays outside of being gonzo um uh, are as serious but like yeah, like you said, he's not Dr. Budson. Um, he's not... <laughs> I guess I should like, say Beaker. If, if, if terms or of like Beaker, character, yeah. Or, characters who will never headline a, like, serious plot, right? Yeah, yeah. like, yeah. characters who are just comic... Even Fozzie is yeah. just comic relief most of the time, yeah. Like,
1: yeah, Fozzie can turn the corner to sad really, really easily. <laughs>
2: yeah, but, like, he just, just doesn't have... Like, Gonzo actually... They did a whole movie on Gonzo's emotional depth. Like, yeah, they, yeah. they, the character is given something i don't know and i feel like there's more characters
0: who haven't been given enough of a chance like rolf Mm -hmm. um kind of have something going on i mean like i'm thinking back to the original muppet movie and like he has kind of like the serious romantic woes duet with kermit and it's just like you get the feeling that like there's more stuff going on in rolf's life and head than like you ever get to see
1: yeah but rolf's chill about everything (laughs) right whatever drama's going on at the time he's always willing to to go for it yeah (laughs) that's true He's pretty chill. It's priorities, I think. Yeah. No, I want
2: to know what's going on inside his cool jazz-playing dog yeah, head. Rolf, Rolf
1: and... what, what are you up to? Yeah. <laughs> what's, what's your deal,
0: man? Wait, does Rolf even? Oh, he plays music at uh, the Fozzie Wigs party. Yeah, of he, course he does. He
1: gets one, no, no lines, just a physical cameo.
0: And then he goes into Jingle Bell Rock. Yeah, right. <laughs> All yeah. right. Um, along with playing alongside. Uh, Doctor Teeth and Electric Mayhem. Okay, sorry, I I had to get that straight (laughs) in my head. I was like, "Where does this character slot into Muppet Christmas Carol?" But I guess the question is: Is there much else we want to talk about specifically with Muppet Christmas Carol? I have a few more large tangents we can go on before we end this, you know, recording. But
2: (laughs) I specifically want to talk about the puppets they made for this movie. Which all three ghosts are amazing. All three ghosts. Yes, those are the puppets they made for this movie. And well, actually, I think there's this crowd puppets too that were made well, for this no, movie. the present one. Okay, well, the the ghosts are what I want to talk about. Yeah. Um. And actually, the future one might not even be a puppet. That's a question. Yeah. No, I be. think there's puppeteering. There's the hands and yeah. Stuff. There's definitely puppeteering elements. So let's we we already kind of talked about past and and how that character looked, but present. Let's talk about present because it's just. I don't know if this Muppet is big or small. I think they just... Well, it it literally changes its size. Right. Well, the the Muppet itself, I think. Oh,
0: oh, the the, the actual physical thing? I don't know
2: either. (laughs) It's not as big as they try to make it seem when he first enters the room and there's this giant in his room. But um, I don't know, just they put so much detail into the animation of the facial expressions and the camera and the lighting in that scene. I don't know if there's anything more I can say except, my God! No, no, <laughs> well,
1: ghost of ghost to Christmas present, you know, great, great Muppet, great
0: song. And I think it's really effective because when the ghost of Christmas, Christmas past goes away, you're like, oh, good. I'm like that, that thing's gone. Yeah. But when the ghost of Christmas present dies, it's, sad. I, it's really sad yeah. because oh God, yeah. because he's been so much fun and he looks so fun and like you want to hang out with him more. Come and, and know me better, man. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I want to know him better, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but and and so that's they did such a good job endearing the ghost of Christmas present to you in the time that he's there. Mm-hmm. For that emotional moment to hit home.
1: And and uh, Scrooge likes him too.
0: Yeah. That's true. Which so. is
1: important to uh, sympathize with Scrooge also.
0: He's he's so likable that even Scrooge likes him. Yeah. And I think that helps sell Scrooge's arc too. Mm-hmm. Because up until then, Scrooge did not, has not expressed much fondness for anybody.
1: Well. Absolutely. Yeah. What's interesting about Scrooge is because like it's very easy to go like overly evil and then just flip a switch to good but i think they did a good um journey of presenting this scrooge as like just a very uh anti-social person just not comfortable with interacting with people at all like starts off like um uh, christmas past you know he's alone mm-hmm. doesn't talk to anybody doesn't form any bonds doesn't have any like uh supporting um uh, parental figures and just thinks about work all the time. That's the only way he sees he has value to anybody is through work. Tries a romantic relationship, does not work out well. And then it moves into the Christmas present. And it, he, like, uh he asks goes a Christmas present. Oh, do people play games at, at Christmas? He doesn't know. He's <laughs> never been to one. Mm-hmm. And when he right. does see one, he gets excited. He tries to join in. hmm he actually likes interacting with people. He just never have the safe space to do another opportunity for it. And I think they really yeah. brought you through that sort of journey with him. Like when they play in the guessing game, the first thing he tries to do is he tries to guess and then gets upset when someone else took, <laughs> took the suggestion. <laughs> no, that was mine. That was my guess.
2: That's right. That's, so, yeah, that's yeah. This Scrooge
1: cares.
3: Right.
2: Well, he does now. And I think that's supposed to be this sort of, this journey we have to take in what, an hour and 40 minutes or something, right? Mm -hmm. We've already gone past and he's already had a chance to reflect and be a little bit scared. So, But then he comes into this warm, comforting presence. That first scene when he walks into the ghost Christmas present in his living room, he's freaking freaked out. He's like, (laughs) what the hell is out there? He walks in the... He's this giant, like, you know, eating <laughs> grapes or whatever he's doing. I don't yeah. know. He's very, um, at least they like, at a all or something.
1: <laughs> Never eat singing fruit. No. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh,
2: and then he's very quickly, like, warmly embraced and comforted by this ghost. And that allows him to open up. Mm-hmm. And I just think that that's such a good transition and such a good arc for all of this. But then, like Amato mentioned, and again, with the puppet, they get to show him getting older until he dies like they basically just change the the beard and hair right. and stuff but yeah like still they they put something into that that was just so poignant and emotional to the point where at that point Scrooge is begging spirit not to leave him which is sort of like a foreshadowing for begging the spirit not to take him to his own grave when he sees the ghost of the future so and ghost of the future is just fucking freaky
0: yeah and I love that not only did they go big on that they Make the choice to remove the Muppet characters from, or I mean, specifically to remove Gonzo and Rizzo, yeah, um, so as not to lighten it yeah, at they, all. They make the statement,
1: mm-hmm. This is going to be creepy, we'll, we'll catch you as you're in the finale. That's right, <laughs> <laughs> and it is, yeah, yeah, it's, it's a smart move on their part, I think. They kind of well, have had them in the background of that, that wouldn't have helped.
2: What's interesting is it, it doesn't take away from how. Of, like scary and powerful that scene is that they said oh yeah we're gonna peace out like they foreshadowed it like we're gonna peace <laughs> out it doesn't take away from it it doesn't like make it comical well it also kind of um, raises the stakes because they're saying like yeah oh, that,
1: was, that was scary it's going to get more scary watch out for that
0: <laughs> right I, by the way i guess on that note that's that might be like the creepiest that muppet use ever gets in the muppet franchise is it during the future segment? where they're kind of adding to the grubbiness of this. Uh, what what era of London is this? this is Elizabethan London. Um, 1844.
2: Victor- Victoria. No, 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 no. It's it's later than... Victorian is the late 1700s, early 1800s. I it's- will check.
1: This is Caesar, I think, right? No. <laughs>
0: it kind uh, of... Maybe it's <laughs> I guess what I'm saying is, is like, because they're using mostly Muppet characters in the future scenes that he witnesses, these kind of like middle-class also money grasping greedy people he's over that he's eavesdropping on they're pigs and you've got this like animal farm creepiness going on well these people like doing the black market is like a spider and like you know i was gonna i was gonna say one for
1: me one of the creepiest muppets in there is that touchy-feely spider yeah for sure doesn't respect
3: boundaries
2: (laughs) Uh, (laughs) yeah well spiders anyway sorry it is the victorian era i got my eras mixed up um the romantic period is late 1700s to early 1800s in literature the victorian era is late 1800s to like 1913 or something
0: okay okay and so I, i'm just saying like i think those scenes are creepier than they would be if it was humans and they could have used humans because the muppet movies have the choice to do that but
1: they didn't use them for other scenes
0: sometimes sure oh by the way i appreciate that um Scrooge's cousins, Scrooge's nephew's dinner party is mixed company. They've got some Muppets there, too.
1: Some, some of the ugly Muppets, too. Right. They, they, everyone just treats nice. <laughs> yeah, I sure. like They're all hanging out. I like that, yeah.
0: too. <laughs> so any anyway, they could have chosen to do humans if they were like, this is serious business and we need humans here. But I think it's creepier to use the Muppets the way they did. Mm. Mm-hmm. And that's cool.
2: That's actually a really good point.
1: Yeah, The, the future was mostly just Muppets. Yeah. I, the future I, is Muppets. Yeah. There's, I'm uh, telling you. I'm, I'm excited. Oh, <laughs> I, for one, welcome our new Muppet overlords.
2: Just not that spider, though. No, not the spider.
0: <laughs> Never. No spiders Look, ever. I'm sure the actor of that role is a perfectly nice spider guy.
1: <laughs> you can't say that on a motto. That, that's creeped me out. <laughs> Please don't.
0: Then again, maybe not, because I'm not sure they've cast him in any other movies. Yeah. Maybe he was hard to work with.
1: I bet there's a wiki
0: for
2: this. (laughs) He was too busy uh, fighting crime on his downtime. (laughs) I mean, I guess that's the thing about Spider-Man. Never mind. I
0: guess that's the thing about Muppets and Muppets as actors then playing roles is that a given Muppet actor's demeanor is exactly the same as the role they're playing every time. So like, yes, Sam the Eagle is like that. He's not playing a role. That's what Sam the Eagle is like. That's why we Mm. cast him. It's the school of, of casting where like you cast... Typecasting—it's you make the Mm -hmm. role for the actor, right? You adjust the role to fit the actor. It's like Freaks and Geeks; they were like, "Okay, let's use these people, and now we'll make the perfect character for this actor." Yeah. And so when you cast, Mm -hmm. when you cast Miss Piggy as as Miss Cratchit, you then change the character of Miss Cratchit to better fit the actor Miss Piggy.
1: I think there's a Miss Miss Piggy did a lot of. Going to Miss it in that one. Well, that's true. More more so well, than usual. Yeah. There wasn't any high yaws. There wasn't any physical, actual physical violence. There was talks about it, but they were all just nice and pro- and, that, and Kermit and Tiggy were nice to each other. In that's, that true, one. Yeah. that's true. Yeah,
2: that's true. Yeah. I think it's just that when you're doing this Muppet thing, you always have to retain the flavor mm-hmm. of the character. Mm-hmm. Right. it doesn't mean they're not acting. It's just as if they aren't. I don't know. It's a they aren't the best actors in a way. <laughs> I don't know. I, ha- I don't know how to phrase this. It's like, except that doesn't. That sounds unfair. It's like you just have to make sure that the audience knows this is also Miss Piggy right. and this is also Kermit, and like Kermit still has his facial expressions and his quips, like everybody does.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: what the fuck are we talking about? (laughs) I just had a disassociated moment where I'm just like, wait, what are we doing? For how long? I don't
0: know. We need some omniscient narrator to get us back on track. (laughs) Well, before we wrap up our discussion today, we talk about Christmas Carol adaptations a little bit more in general. Because we've mentioned that people can, people slot in their existing characters into Christmas Carol multiple times. And Tori, I know you at least had done a little bit of thought about <laughs> what other characters
2: you might be able to shove in there. Oh well, my main thought was, what if every protagonist Scrooge? That was my main thought. Wait, what? What if every protagonist in like a piece of media was the Scrooge in that media? So I was like, oh, okay. You know what I mean? Like, so in Madoka Magica, so, 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 like, I, <laughs> okay, wait, what? So, so
0: for a moment there, Tori, I was thinking of like just this scrooge crisis on infinite earth <laughs> like all what if all the protagonists are scrooge okay we got like 12 Scrooges. okay, okay.
2: but here we have <laughs> no no like the idea is that you could almost adapt anything if you found a protagonist who um had some reservations and loneliness in their life right they don't have to be an old asshole white dude Mm -hmm. capitalist. They just have to have something. They're they're lonely. They're isolated. There's something they're reserved about and they need to change.
0: So in Madoka Magica, you would saying the Scrooge character would be QB. I was going to say
2: Homura, Uh, but... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was joking. Isn't this QB? Uh, That's that's a mess.
1: (laughs) Isn't that formula like most protagonists before the series?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean... Here's the thing, like, I know this is really loose, mm-hmm. but I just think that it's a concept that people have employed before. Um, Again, it doesn't have to be a the old man, it just has to be somebody who needs to find a change in their life. Like, uh, I mean, this is not a great example, the Batman example is not great, because he is a the <laughs> old man in Batman Beyond, but mm-hmm. like we talked about, like, babad needs to change he needs to find <laughs> something different in his life so uh pre-friendship is
0: magic twilight sparkle sure she's scrooge oh yeah and yeah, then yeah. like you just because the thing is you don't have to slot it into continuity in any mm-hmm. of these and you usually don't usually it's like you know the the own setup and maybe it's like old england because it's that's a, what it is
1: A continuous
0: right <laughs>
2: I i also thought like in Sailor Moon, like Uranus and Neptune could be Scrooge like early on. Mm. Right. And because the reason I like that is because Sailor Saturn can be the ghost of Christmas past, <laughs> but then young Hotaru can be like Tiny Tim, who's like the, <laughs> you know, the <laughs> agent of change in the story.
0: That's actually. And then
2: Pluto obviously is future. Right. Right. Yeah. No, That that's
0: a pretty good like. Deep Sailor Moon cut because Saturn and Hotaru are the only two who are, like, separate characters. Right.
2: <laughs> I just thought that would be, like, I just don't know who would be the ghost of Christmas present. Maybe Sailor Moon would be the
0: I think it would have to be because you can't yeah. pick any other, I mean, unless you want to give Mamoru a personality or something. And But shouldn't, shouldn't Saturn be the ghost of the future because it's the death, it's the Reaper figure? he has okay. got the scythe and, like...
2: I guess you could switch that. You could have Pluto. I think Pluto be has to be past. past. And yeah, showing that makes showing sense. these visions of yeah. a silver millennium that they <laughs> It's just I think the only reason I was thinking like Sailor Saturn as past is because it's the old and young figure and she actually changes mm-hmm. ages. Right. But yeah, no, that might actually be more appropriate. Pluto is ghost of past and Sailor Saturn is Ghost of Future, especially with the side. And
0: with the genial, gluttonous friend making this, then yeah, Moon has to be present for sure. (laughs) Yes. All right. We got it.
2: Nailed it. Love that.
0: Everybody else just gets cast in whatever roles we need them to. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I see what you mean. You just need a character who needs to learn to appreciate the people around them a little bit more. And fiction has a lot of those characters.
1: At least one in in any group.
0: The
2: hardest (laughs) part is coming up with every single role, right? Mm. Um, The ghosts are a little more easy because they just have to represent aspects of their life or their needs. But then when you get to like Bob Cratchit and Tidy Tib and all of that, you're kind of like, yeah. Yeah.
0: And I mean, you either have to do what most of these adaptations do and just have, you know, have basically exactly the same setup where like, you are the boss and here is your employee and here's your employee's family and here's the kid that's suffering because you're a shitty boss. But like, if you go away from that, you still need something kind of equivalent. There still needs to be someone suffering besides you because you're being an asshole. Like, it can't just be like, you're a jerk, but uh, and nobody else likes you. But that doesn't actually hurt anybody.
2: That's fair, but I feel like there's always going to be an element, like, again, it doesn't have to be as extreme as Scrooge. There's always going to be an element of, like, people are affected by people who are making mistakes. And, like, that's the entire protagonist arc is that they start in a place where they're not good and they get better, right?
0: This makes me think of another Christmas story that gets adapted directly or, you know, not in the particulars all the time, including by the Muppets which is it's a wonderful life mm. where like it's the same way. And I feel like a wonderful life is a little bit looser where you don't have to adapt. There doesn't feel like as much stress to like have the same setup. It just has to be someone who feels underappreciated. And then you show them that in fact, like they're very, very important to the lives of people around them.
2: <laughs> it's actually a really good point because like the It's a Wonderful Life is very similar in narrative. Mm-hmm. It's just that the, there's a vision. There's of... a different um, the protagonist is different. It's, it's somebody who doesn't appreciate themselves versus somebody who, like, doesn't appreciate other people, basically. Mm-hmm. Right.
0: And, yeah, do you see the Muppet version of that? Obviously, it's Kermit, who, like, you know, they, <laughs> mm-hmm. they wonderful life. Um,
1: <laughs> that's such a weird verb for something that's so, like, weird and horrible <laughs> to do to somebody.
0: <laughs> mm. <laughs> now that we've realized they're very similar, mm-hmm. of course, Christmas Carol, It's a Wonderful Life crossover. Something to do, Della, like you were talking about with like the logistics of like these spiritual beings that you know give people emotional revelations.
1: I wasn't talking about that. That was that was the movie. Oh, okay, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah.
0: You were talking about the movie. Oh, yeah,
1: well, it's not my idea, though. I mean, <laughs> well, you just take credit for it. Well, when when it's a Wonderful Life, Scrooge crossover just be here's what happens, Scrooge,
0: if you were never born. Oh, oops, oops everything's all bad. No, that's a great <laughs> idea. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> Like Tori said, there's some overlap. To, to some extent, they kind of do that same theme already, but that's still that's still a great idea for It's a Wonderful Life parody.
2: <laughs> yeah, except, you know, part of what the ghosts are showing Scrooge is that he actually could be a good person, right? Or that he used to be a good person.
1: There's this random comedy tweet I saw at some point. It's like, imagine if you're there, then all of a sudden, like, a ghost and another version of you appears and the ghost points at you and says, see, this is what you could have been. And then the <laughs> other version of you, you goes, no, spirit, tell me there's still time. <laughs> and they disappeared. And then you're just like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I think that's Plague of Graves. Yeah.
0: Well, <laughs> this holiday season, you can consider writing a It's a Christmas Carol adaptation. Mm-hmm. But if you're not doing that, fanfic writers please do me a favor and just like decide that one of the characters in your fanfic is a random Muppet. Don't even call it out. <laughs> Don't like point out that like this person is a bear. Mm-hmm. Just like write them as Fozzie, you know, just choose a character for Fozzie to play in your fanfic.
1: I'm sorry. I'm, I'm still thinking about casting sc- people as Scrooges. And, right. um, um, Bailey's <laughs> it's more on topic. <laughs> yeah. Like, could you take a group of people and do that too? Like, could you Scrooge a group, or is a Wonderful Life a group? I of people? feel
0: like the screw you could Wonderful Life a group of people, but they would have the problem is they would all have to be at a similar mental place. They would all have to be like,
2: "Why are we doing this as a yeah, group?" Yeah, but that's like, not an unfamiliar mental place for a lot of people yeah. to be at. Well,
1: I, I was kind of thinking like, who, if like we were going to write us when <laughs> <of> these fanfics, <laughs> what we do, but, but then like. Maybe you just do the whole podcast.
0: (laughs) Oh, there you go. Yeah, the whole group. I think you could definitely. It's a wonderful life. Our podcast. Yeah. The the problem with Scrooge is that it's so much about like not appreciating other people. And if you have a group of people and it's like "Ah, I don't like anybody, and then the other person's like, "What? You don't even like me?" It's like, "Oh no, no, you're fine." (laughs) And and that kind of like takes some of the the sting out of it. In
1: like a really toxic codependent relationship where they, they all don't like anybody, but they're still you know hanging out together.
0: I think you could make it work. Yeah. One of those like comic strip marriages where they hate each other because that's what marriage is. <laughs> the Lockhorns. The Lockhorns Christmas Carol.
2: Oh. Oh, yeah. What's that one where he's always trying to get his wife to make him a sandwich? Uh, Probably a lot of them. Dagwood. That's his name. That's the uh, character's name. Did
1: you draw good sandwiches? Yeah.
0: I, well, I, you know, I want to see a blondie Christmas Carol. Where yes. they're taken back in time and pointed out, look, you used to be an interesting character. <laughs> you used to actually have, like, a relationship with the world around you. Yeah. Dagwood, you used to be, like, a a dumb, you know, young scion of riches. And, like, you know, you were disowned by your family and, like, you had a whole context. And now I don't even know what you do for work. <laughs>
2: And, and we're saying now very loosely because I don't know, I don't think that comic strip has run in the last twenty years. But
1: no, but I'm what I was always just ready to go about, uh, you know, American comic strips. Oh yeah, no, <laughs> anytime. <laughs>
2: like,
0: give me that scythe and let me cut down the newspaper comics. Yes. Any any strip being continued by someone who, like, did not. Wait, what do you say? Any strip being continued by another creator after the original creator died? You're out of there. Make room for someone who has new ideas. Fair enough. <laughs> A motto, the ghost of comics future. Jim Davis, you don't count as writing Garfield.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's just aggressive wraith of comics present. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I guess that's true. Yeah.
0: Uh, also, let's make newspapers popular again so you have an audience. Good luck.
1: What about the trees?
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, sustainable forestry it's not not that bad
2: i i mean yeah like we're never gonna not well i shouldn't say that we're saying we're never gonna not need paper but that might actually be the case
0: <laughs> okay we're
1: we're so far off topic we're just gonna end this right <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah let's finish it up what what was the topic again the pa-
0: topic is sustainability <laughs> <laughs> the topic is what's your least favorite thing about a muppet christmas carol
2: mm. um um mm. I know that's a hard pick. I know. I, I think it really does come together really solidly. So oh, there's probably some flat jokes.
0: <laughs> yeah, there are. There, yeah. But the thing is, there's not enough of them to really like no complain about. It's okay. like I oh, was e- even the parts where I'm like, I feel like this Rizzo and Dickens segment went on too long. I'm not like, but but, but not that too long. Like, I don't really need to complain about it, really
1: um there's the joke with the workers where they ask for more cold and he's like how would you like to spend it uh, on the unemployment line and that goes back to the rats and the rats all go heat wave and then all dressed in like pacific islander stuff and that seems uh inappropriate
2: i get get the joke but yeah 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 right um yeah there's a little bit of that and also i just is this this a good one it's like i feel (laughs) like um they put so much effort into this it's just really hard to complain about Anything. Um we already said flat jokes. Never mind. Sorry, I lost my thought. You know what? I'm not gonna complain about anything. It's All fine. Right. It's decent. It did a good job. <laughs> we covered it. End of story. It's
0: decent. That's what we're coming down on here. Um what's your favorite thing about Mother Christmas Carol?
1: The songs, I think. Yeah, like um the, the Ghost Christmas present song.
0: A lot of the songs are really good. Yeah, a lot of songs. I really, really like that. I really like One More Sleep Till Christmas. I really like Scrooge. Mm-hmm. Um, I can take relief when love is gone, but I, I will I will come down on the side of like, it's, yeah. it's good.
1: I, I get it. That's fine. <laughs> yeah.
0: There's not that many songs, are there? They're just all bangers.
1: There's a lot of songs. I, I think a lot of them are repeats,
3: though.
0: Okay. Yeah. My favorite thing about Muppet Christmas Carol is that shot in the song at the end, which is also very good, where he goes and delivers presents to his elderly old teacher and Mr. Fozziewig, who are both in the same place for some reason. (laughs) And like, that doesn't make any sense. But it tugs on my heartstrings that he like remembered them and went to visit them. Yeah. Yeah. That's my favorite thing in the whole movie. I like that. Yeah. I mean, I already like, Oh, of course, he does yeah. just drop in, say nothing, hand him a present, and walk out. And I'm like, look, may- maybe you can hang out a, a bit. Visit, maybe? <laughs> he's new to this socialization thing. That's right. He- right. He right. He's getting used to it.
1: <laughs> well, he still thought it was funny to act like an asshole before you- giving... A- oh, that's a- right. A strategy, which is a, a total <laughs> not-, not neurotypical <laughs> move. Yeah, no. He's like <laughs> pretending
2: to be the old Scrooge and then change his ways. And he's d- the reaction is just like, what the <laughs> yeah <laughs> which is fair right like yeah. uh,
0: anyway he knows he's only going to be able to get away with that once so he you know wants to take the opportunity yeah which yeah, just, just still a shitty thing to do somebody
2: <laughs> i know well he's just recovering from being shitty i guess it, it, so so, so one like step at a time we're
0: yeah. saying by the end of muppet christmas carol he has become as warm and human as michael scott slash david in episode one of the office who does the whole like you're pretending that he's firing someone, thing which is just cruel and unnecessary.
2: Yeah, yeah. I
1: want to say no. <laughs> I want to
2: <laughs> look. He'll get there. Okay, it's like I said, one step at a time. Yeah, it's
1: right. progress. Yes, but it's character arc, you know, end yeah. differently where you started.
0: And that's where the TV series starts, where every episode Scrooge learns, you know, a little lesson about friendship and and loving.
1: It's like the '90s animated continuation of a movie thing where it's like a slightly different voice actor and remix
2: premise so what we're saying is office christmas carol crossover yeah
0: i think what you could do office christmas carol um though now suddenly i'm imagining a christmas carol continuation where every episode or every chapter is the next christmas one year (laughs) after another up through scrooge's death
1: i like that yeah
0: Mm. he's got to die on christmas by the way yeah, like I mean, thematically, that just that's, has to that's happen. How that works, yeah. Right.
1: By the way, in it's the in the spirited movie, one of the jokes is that he lives like three weeks after that. <laughs> <laughs> I He's, he's like, well, what'd you die of? like I don't know, Tuesday.
0: Tori, <laughs>
2: <laughs> Okay. Anyway. did we I... get your favorite
0: thing, Tori. Did we give you a chance? Not I yet, no. Yeah. No.
2: So the the puppets I, I already mentioned. So I think I'm just gonna pivot to uh the puppets, but I'm gonna pivot to Michael Caine's performance. Yeah. Because yeah. he's playing opposite puppets. Oh, not like totally seriously. And I don't know how many takes it took to get this, but he just I don't know, there's such pathos in that performance. And you have to imagine how hard it would have been to do that opposite, like kermit especially when you can see the puppeteer puppeteering kermit like uh yeah or any of these scary things that we think are scary you would have seen the puppeteers yeah
1: yeah this muppet cinematography in this movie is great like they said one of the hardest shots to do was when kermit blows out the candle Mm. (laughs) Mm. also like the when he's walking home with tiny tim like then they're seeing and he shows him walking
0: oh that's just them showing him showing off though (laughs) <laughs> well,
1: that shot was done with a, with a giant drum that they were rotating under, underneath the puppet. Oh, mm. very cool. And the interesting thing you have to remember about Michael Caine's performance is that, like, have you ever seen, like, a behind-the-scenes shot? Of what it looked like?
0: I- I've seen that for Muppets in general, but I don't think for Muppet Christmas Carol specifically.
1: So, like, they, they had, had, like, a pit where all the uh, puppet performers were. And, like, when, when, uh, when he's walking down the street, he's actually walking on, like, a narrow dock. But <laughs> the, the, the performer is good because like it's this pit where all, all the people are down there with the uh, with the puppets. And so he's walking on a narrow walkway and he has to do it without looking down <laughs> mm, at yeah. speed while
0: acting. In character, yeah. Yeah, there's all Very of impressive. that.
2: Yeah. yeah, it's like it's one thing to be an actor on a fully fleshed out set with all the costumes and all the humans and you can just embody the character because you feel like you're there. I mean, sure, the lights and cameras are there. It's another... To have to do all this pretend like i just really do admire actors who have to you know, like do green screen and mm-hmm. stuff like that so yeah, yeah. good point um i want to see that behind the scenes now yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right well
0: on that note i guess that's our discussion of a muppet christmas carol uh, I think next time we've done a video, last episode and this episode, we'll get back to some text fan fiction that's that other people might call fan fiction without rolling their eyes at me. Well, you know, I'm trying to like, expand
1: our horizons. You know, the world of fan culture outside of just written text, and also
0: it's the end of the year and we're busy, and movies are quicker to watch. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, those were definitely some of the reasons. I'm just saying, if you don't keep your eye on me, I'm going to start like pulling out a completely original novel and be like, no, it's fan fiction. Like, let me justify.
1: I'm listening.
2: <laughs>
0: Go on. Okay, well, well, I don't have my arguments marshaled yet, but
2: <laughs> like you, you killed it with a identifying Muppet Christmas Carol fanfiction. So I believe in you. That's him. all we were aiming for. Yeah, like,
0: and also, don't threaten me with a good time, lot. All,
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right. Well, this was episode 147 of Retro Fanfic Retrospective. We just keep going. It was Muppet Christmas Carol by a whole bunch of people uh, because that's how movies work and Muppets (laughs) work. You can find it on Disney Plus, I believe, in both the theatrical release and now in the director's cut edition that restores when love is gone. So you can just cast your vote um, and see it either way. Love can be gone if you want. (laughs) You can also find it in some houses like maybe ours in a VHS copy, (laughs) even though I don't think we have a VHS player. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, my same. my parents, my parents <laughs> might have cleared out all the VHSs, actually. Um, but, you know, you can probably find it, like, shoved back somewhere in a storage closet.
2: Yeah, or at your local Blockbuster.
0: That's right. Oh, yeah.
2: <laughs> Definitely.
0: The intro song for the podcast is the weekly fair off of the album Popey's Incredible Adventure by Komiku. And the outro song is Run Against the Universe from the same album. So I'm thinking of replacing those with some sort of, like, Muppet christmas carol music you know i'm listening we can, we can definitely do that right
1: <laughs> again don't threaten me with a good time <laughs> our Copy
0: opening rights. song um we're against them oh right yeah. of course right Duh. but no the music we actually use you can find that album and other works by komiku at loyaltyfreakmusic.com. dot com. our podcast is edited by della davis who i am going to just leave the decision of whether to sample muppet christmas carol music to um do it or not.
1: Spoiler alert, no.
0: <laughs> Don't want to expose us to legal jeopardy there, you know?
1: Yeah, that's it. Definitely not the extra work it would be.
0: <laughs> you can find the podcast on our website at retrofanficretrospective.podbean.com or bit.ly slash retrofanfic or on whatever podcast service you're listening to. If you do a Google search for retrofanfic retrospective, which I have probably done a couple of times in my life, Basically, you just get 20 different you know, podcast websites being like, or you could listen to it on Player FM, which is a better choice, maybe, than these 50 other things.
1: I mean, we, we don't want to exclude that audience, Amato. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Some people make poor decisions, Amato. We, we We
0: need their listens, too. <laughs> no judgment, as long as you're listening to us, no which judgment. is the best decision. If you have questions, comments, or thoughts about the episode, you can contact us on Twitter at retrofanfic, Facebook at retrofanfic, send us an email at retrofanficretrospective at gmail Post random things, places on the internet, so that the Google searches show more than just you know <laughs> a whole bunch of different uh, podcast sites. Mm-hmm. You could do that too.
1: We should get a backup from the Twitter burns.
0: Oh yeah. Well, our backup is just I stop communicating to anyone that we are doing a podcast. I
1: think I made a Tumblr a bit ago. I don't think we use it. My backup
0: and- is just like ignore the existence of other people.
2: My backup is like a bat signal-like thing that we shine in the sky to alert people they're recording an episode of Retro Family. Yeah,
1: Amato, if your backup is to ignore people altogether, I have three ghosts you should meet with.
2: (laughs) 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 All right. (laughs)
0: They're all us. We are the ghosts. (laughs) I'm Amato. I'm Tori. I'm Della. I I saw you had to think about it, Tori, (laughs) for a moment.
2: Yeah, you know. It's uh it's always a little bit of a toss up. <laughs> what day is today?
0: <laughs> We're just three earth life forms trying to be nice to each other. Until next time, come in and know us better, man.
1: Or women or non binary persons. Very true.
0: Or some dogs. It,
1: man
2: can be generic. It's like, Hey man. Yeah. What's up, man? I just wanted you know? to be inclusive. Right? Yeah, don't no, like some people don't like it. I understand. Yeah. Come, come, come in, in and, and know us better, better dog. dog. <laughs> <laughs> Approved. All right. Seal of approval. It is stamped. <laughs>